0: Hey there, it's Fully Live Athlete Pastor channel, and we are on day 47 of the Online Bible Reading Club. Today we're in Leviticus 19 and 20, and then also in Matthew 27, which is the penultimate chapter of the book, and the very last verses of it, 51 through 66. So let's get into 19 and 20 of Leviticus first. Let me just tell you, I can't comment on everything here, there's a lot, but let me give you an idea, an insight into how the first century... Jewish uh, Pharisee and many others would view the law They you know you see just the multitude of commands in Leviticus and how they're really expositions of the Ten Commandments and so God's holy he sets them free and he says here's the way that you're going to live and you're gonna be set apart and there's 600 or so you know expositions of those basic ten principles and the fifth through tenth principle there, the Ten Commandments, are how do we love our neighbor? And there's various different ways that God lays out for us to do that. Well, in the first century Jewish mind, they would boast in that they have the law of God. And when we think, well, that sounds like a terrible thing to boast about because we look at it and we're like, we can't keep that. We we certainly can't keep all these laws. And especially if you look at verse 17 let me give you some insight here it says you shall not hate your brother in your heart but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor lest you incur sin because of him and it talks about taking vengeance after that or bearing a grudge and and i i can't change my hate in my heart I, i can't not hate i mean my heart does what it does so there's a sense in which people would would take the laws and they would say hey the laws of the Old Testament are given to the people and they would boast about it because what they believed it was is, hey, they got they got this status and they can accrue merit through law keeping, right? Well, that's true. If you lived according to all the commands, you would be able to um, be blessed. But the thing is, is none of them live according to all the commands. In fact, none of us can keep 17 because it's the heart. When Jesus expounds on this in Matthew 5, in the uh, 521 the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you, you've heard it said, you shall not murder you know kill your your brother, right? But he says, look, if you've hated your brother, if you said you fooled your brother, then you've murdered him in your heart. Your heart is the issue. It's not just the externals, uh, which we can check off the box. Like, hey, no child sacrifice. Yeah, child sacrifice is one thing, but the hatred you have in your heart towards children and the hatred you have in your heart towards your circumstances to where you might be tempted to do to do manipulating um, the gods in order to get your favor uh, is something you can't uh, stop. You, you can't uh, change the discontentment in your heart yourself. You can't stop coveting. You can't stop hating. The, what's funny is the last verse here is it says a man or woman who is a medium or necromancer shall surely be put to death. They should be stoned with stones. Their blood should be put upon them. As we get into the into some of the terrible consequences for sin, uh, death, you know, punishments for sexual morality and whatnot. It's just that it's like this one verse in verse 27 of 20 is tacked on there about necromancers and mediums. I I find this to be an interesting verse because so much of what you see today, even in Christian teaching, is about how you need to manifest things. You need to be able to 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 take these these thoughts in your mind and affect your circumstances through your thinking. And how is that any different than a medium or a necromancer? How is that any different than a sorcerer? Like we're taught even in Christian teaching, it's Christian teaching, that we need to manifest with the power of our mind what we want. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. That, that's, that's not being content with what God has for you. And, and it's absurd to think that your mind is able to be sovereign to affect your life. It's a direct assault on the sovereignty of God to assert that you can, through your thinking, change and make things the way you want them to be. So that's where we are here. We are absolutely devastatingly screwed up. And, and we think we can accumulate merit. We still believe that. We believe merit is possible through what we do, what we think, what we say. But when you get to the New Testament, you see that Jesus uh, is breathing his last in the 50th verse of 27, Matthew 27. And then it says the temple... Curtain is torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, the rock split. So there's an earthquake. The tombs were opened, right? So what's fascinating about this temple curtain is it was very, very uh, elaborately put together, painstaking details, ornamental, and then from from top to bottom ripped by the hand of God at the death of Christ when He breathes His last. It's ripped. Here's the thing. The righteousness of God comes to you through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are acquitted of all that sin. You can't acquit yourself. You can't change your own status, but Christ does. Through union with Christ, what he has accomplished at his death and resurrection is yours. Now, there's a foreshadowing of this, even before he's put in the tomb, even before he's buried, which is what we see here, you see that Matthew gives this detail here that says some of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of their tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. This is the great hope of the gospel is that because of sin, the wages of death, we die. But because of the union with, with Christ and his death and resurrection, we will live again. We will have eternal life with God forevermore. That's the hope that Abraham hoped in, David hoped in, is this resurrection hope. And ultimately, it's gonna come through Christ. They didn't know exactly how it was gonna be there, but that's how it happens. All right, so with that said, the law keeping that we do is a response to the gracious work of God on our behalf. He set us free. The law keeping we have does not accrue merit for us with God. It cannot, because none of us have perfectly kept the law. If we had, we would be blessed by God. We would dwell with him forevermore. But none of us are able to do it. And that's why Christ must die and be raised. And we must die and be raised with him. And if so, then we will be raised with him uh, that we might not taste the second death. Alright, that's the that's the good news for today. I hope that these verse that those explanations are helpful, but remember, you can't change your heart. Only God can. Pray and ask him to do so uh, now. Uh, ask him to help you. So if you're watching the, to the end here, it's about um, for, day 47. we got a couple days. we got one more chapter left in Matthew. We'll be on to the next one. So uh, if you're watching this far, hit like, and we uh, appreciate you tuning in and share it, comment. It gets it up on the algorithms or whatever that is so that people can see this and hear the word of God and the gospel together. Let's keep reading the Bible, and we'll see you next time.